As we return from our Thanksgiving hiatus, I will tell you about the juiciest, most succulent turkey I have ever fried. What took place in Waukesha, Wisconsin is being ignored by the Libstream media. Should we be surprised? You know the answer to that. Jerome Powell Fed Chair admits inflation is not so transitory. And the college football coaching carousel goes round and round, and in the process, coaches depart their existing teams for greener grass and screw their players on the way out. Bold Alpha is presented by Davidoff of Geneva. Introducing the new Avo Caribe. Experience the journey of flavor created by a synchronized blend from the Caribbean, accentuated with a touch of tobacco from Central America. Head to the land where palm trees sway to the breeze of the sea with the new Avo Caribe. Available at DavidoffGeneva.com. And by Gurkha, the world's finest cigars, including the Gurkha Trenta, commemorating 30 years of cigar excellence. The Gurkha Trenta is everything you'd expect from a Gurkha. Exquisite construction, exquisite flavor, exquisite pleasure. Visit GurkhaCigars.com. Greetings and salutations. It is Alpha Dave, also known as Cigar Dave, your global five-star alpha male-in-chief and your global five-star general as well, front and center from Command Center Alpha, and we welcome you to Bold Alpha. I hope you had a pleasant Thanksgiving. I created, cooked the most succulent, juicy, tender, tasty turkey I have ever fried. And I have several tips that I would like to share with you. I normally intend to brine the turkey for usually overnight. I'll get the turkey. I get an organic turkey, usually from Whole Foods. I like to get a big turkey. 17, 18, 19, 20 pounds because my electric fryer can go up to 22 pounds. And I've got a big brine bucket. It's called the briner. And I put a nice plastic liner in there. And then what I do is I put some kosher salt and some sugar and some spices and seasonings, hot water, fill it up. And then, of course, after I've washed the turkey, I stick it right in the brine. And normally, I would do that overnight. So I'll do it like 5, 6 in the evening, and then by the next morning for Thanksgiving, I'd yank it out and then begin the injection and the seasoning process. Well, I knew I was going to be tight on Wednesday, the day before Thanksgiving. So I got the turkey Tuesday afternoon about 2 o'clock. And I said, I'm going to take it home. Let me just go ahead and brine it. I also got a 6-pound turkey breast because I'd never fried a turkey breast, and I wanted to see everybody loves white meat. I figured, let's go ahead and get a nice organic 6-pound turkey breast. So I brined both of them. So by about 4 in the afternoon, I had my briner, bucket and my Briner Jr. bucket for the big turkey, the 19-pounder, and the 6-pound breast, respectively. Put it in the refrigerator. Sits overnight Tuesday night. Sits overnight Wednesday night. So I had almost two full days. I had probably 40 hours of brining. Take the bird out on Thursday morning around 10 a.m. Wash the the bird, wash the breast, get rid of any additional salt, just let it go through some cold running water. Then I, of course, patted it dry, put it on some nice big butcher paper. This way, when I was done, don't have to worry about contamination, got the nice butcher paper, put the turkeys on there, and then I use my special seasonings. I use a special seasoning consisting of some salt, not much, some black pepper, some cayenne pepper, a little bit of coconut sugar, good on the low glycemic index, a honey dust type of, of uh, seasoning, and uh, paprika and several other spices. Get that ready. But before I go ahead and apply the spice, my dry rub, I inject the bird and the breast. What is in my injection? I use three ingredients. A third cup of no-sodium chicken stock a third cup of apple cider vinegar, and a third cup of Jack Daniels. 
third cup of Jack, can't go wrong. So a third chicken stock, no salt added, no sodium. A third of Jack, a third apple cider vinegar. Gives it a very nice taste. And I inject deep into the breast. I inject into the thighs. You got to be careful when you inject. Many people tend to just inject and the spray you know, flies all over the place. Got to be very careful. And then when I was done injecting, let it sit. And then I gently loosen the skin from the breasts. Didn't take it off. And I start applying my dry rub inside underneath the skin. And then the dry rub on the outside. And then I just let it sit for about maybe three hours. Get the, uh, the electric fryer going outside. To get to 375 degrees of oil temperature took about 50 minutes. Not bad at all. I love the electric fryer. Very easy. And then put the safety goggles on. Have my big special gloves so that uh, if any oil comes flying off, I'm not going to get burned. Gently lower it in over about a minute period. And here's the thumb rule of thumb that I use. You will hear many websites or you'll you'll read experts say three and a half to four minutes per pound too much too much at least on my electric butterball xxl electric turkey fryer i do three minutes times however many pounds so i had 19 pounds times three that was 57 minutes and then i add like three minutes for a large turkey so it's basically three minutes and then add two to three and i will tell you after 60 minutes the bird was cooked. The skin had a nice char to it. It was fantastic. And then I was ready to fry the turkey breast. I lower the temperature down to 325 for the turkey breast. Lower it into the fryer. And again, I had a six-pound turkey breast. Three minutes times six, 18 minutes. And I added, I think, two minutes. I had it in there for 20 minutes. Lifted it up, checked it, put it for another minute. Skin was nice and crispy. Everything looked moist. Temperatures looked good. And then I, the key is very important. And by the way, turkey, doing your turkey, frying a turkey is not just for Thanksgiving. I love doing it around football season, tailgate parties, right around Christmas to New Year's. Always a great, it's a people pleaser, a crowd pleaser. I've had guests over to watch football and playoffs. Absolutely people love the turkey. You don't have to do all the fixings and the dressing and the green beans. You get the turkey, get some nice rolls. I like the Kimmelwick rolls. I get imported from my hometown of Buffalo, which is a Kaiser roll with a kosher salt and caraway seeds. Makes a great sandwich. But the key after you take the turkeys out of the fryer, very important. People underemphasize this. They make a huge mistake. You must allow the turkeys to rest. Why? Why do you always hear people say, you got to let your steak rest? You got to let your brisket rest when it comes off the, or your ribs rest when it comes off a smoker or a grill. Why do you have to allow the turkey to rest? Whether you roast it, whether you fry it, whether you smoke it, whatever the case is. Very important. Why? Because as during the heating process, what happens is you've got essentially those muscles. The muscles of the turkey or whatever meat is are tightening up. They're constricting. They're essentially releasing water. When you take it off the grill or you take it out of the fryer or the oven, you let it rest. You put it in a pan, cover it, fully tent it. You want that heat to just slowly come down. And what happens in the 30 to 45 minute period, the muscle fibers then, remember, they go from contracting to, or from, from expanding now to contracting. So as the muscles contract, what happens is now the moisture starts going back in. If you cut any piece of meat or any turkey without letting it rest, what happens? You get a tough piece of meat. Those juices aren't anywhere to be found. You want those juices to go back into the meat, whether it's turkey, steak, brisket, whatever the case is. So I let it sit for about 35, 40 minutes, tented. Place it on my carving block, absolutely succulent, tasty, juicy, tender, best turkeys ever. Why? 
two-day brining process, injecting the bird and letting it sit, get that, that, that rub on there and let it sit for three hours, and then the proper time in the fryer. I used to do three and a half to four minutes, and the turkey came out dry. Three minutes times however many pounds, and then add two to three minutes. Works like an absolute charm. Sergeant Steve, I know you cooked your turkey, I believe, on the big green egg. How did it turn out? It turned out uh, it was the most succulent, moist, delicious turkey we ever made. Ah, what was your secret? Uh, Wet brined it uh, overnight uh, for about 12 hours. Uh, We always stuff it with... uh, oranges and lemons and citrus in, in the middle and smoked it uh, i used a little less of the hickory chips this year which were uh soaked in apple juice and jack daniels uh used a little less so it wasn't quite as smoky which actually made it better i think the last couple times i did a little too much smoke on it so uh but it was a delicious turkey it was uh, we did a 21 pound turkey so now, for the big green egg, you start off with charcoal, and then you add the hickory? Yes, that's correct. Yes. Okay. I added a little later this time uh, okay. in, in the cooking, and it made it better. What temperature did you smoke the turkey at? It, was, it ended up about 275. Uh, I was trying for 250, but it kept creeping up there. So, uh, But it was about 275. Okay, yep. so 275, 20-pound turkey. How many hours? It took, let's see, uh, it took about four and a half hours. Four and a half, five hours? Not that bad. And no, it, it actually it actually it heated. Just... Uh, no, we really didn't baste it at all. Uh, once or twice we did. Um, Set it and forget it. Yeah, for the most I mean, I checked it about every 45 minutes or so. And you let it rest um, afterward? Yes. Oh, absolutely. It rested for probably half an hour. Excellent. Yeah. Outstanding. Now, have you ever fried a turkey before? I have not. Now, I, I remember the first time, this has got to be about whew, 15 years ago, a friend invites me over to his big men's stag that he has. Every year, he invites all his buddies uh, out to his house, one of the suburbs. And he's been doing it for probably, I don't know, for, I think he told me like 35, 40 years. And they fry turkeys incessantly. He's got like eight fryers going, not the electric, the propane. And they've got Cuban food, Italian food. They got booze, cigars, great time. Normally does it. Like, usually mid-December or mid-January, depending on what's going on. And I'd never had fried turkey before. And I said, yeah, you know, I think I'm going to pass. And he's like, you got to try this. It's fantastic. I go, yeah, I don't want it, all that oil and goopy. He goes, it's not oily. It's not goopy. T- trust me. Try it. I take a couple of pieces of uh, white meat, the breast. I couldn't believe how tender and juicy it was. And my biggest shock was it wasn't like eating chicken wings where you, you can taste that oil. There was no oil taste whatsoever. And what was amazing to me is he said, when we're done, he said, let this thing cool down, because I was sticking around having some cigars and a number of people stay around afterwards when it kind of ends. He said, wait till you see how much oil we put back into each container. He said, these are three-gallon jugs. Wait till you see how much go back in. Now, they did probably five turkeys in every fryer, maybe six. They had a lot of turkeys going on. When he was done, they poured it back in, 98% of that oil went back into the jug. So I was convinced, but I'm like, I do not want a propane tank around. I don't want a propane. You know, you hear stories about the propane fryers, and then all of a sudden I see Butterball through Masterbuilt has this electric turkey fryer. I bought the first one. was an XL model. Very hard to clean. It was like the first generation, but the, the turkey came out great. Then they came out with a second generation, and they also came out with an XXL version, which is even bigger, which they no longer make. So I snapped that up, easy to clean, much easier all the way around. But I'll tell you, once you go with a fried turkey, you will never go back to anything else. So, Sergeant Steve, what we will do is probably in the next 30 days, maybe we'll have to do it over at Davidoff. Uh, When we uh, record a show over there, we will have to... Break out the electric turkey fryer and go to town. Sounds good to me. Sounds very delicious, and I will get the organic turkey. We'll brine it. Now you know all the tips. And again, you don't have to wait till next year, till Thanksgiving, 
to break out the turkey fryer or to make turkey. It's a year-round staple you cannot go wrong with. And what I like to do is, I'll tell you, getting these breasts, these six-pound breasts, you get two, three of those going, you know, you, you 20 minutes each, piece of cake, and then you slice them. You got enough for sandwiches, for dinner, whatever you want. So a great way to go. All right, let's talk about what took place in Waukesaw, Wisconsin, several weeks ago. Daryl Brooks Jr. arrested, charged now, I think, with six counts of vehicular homicide, murder, whatever the case is. Now, what is amazing to me is here's a guy, a felon, with a rap sheet 50 pages long. The week before he committed this act of terror, he attempted to run over and kill the mother of his child. I don't believe they're married, but try to kill her. Now, he gets charged. Now, the guy's got a 50-page rap sheet. And the judge gives him a thousand, no, not the judge. The prosecutor recommends a thousand dollar bail. A thousand dollars for a guy that tries to murder someone with a 50 page rap sheet? This guy's been in and out of prison umpteen times. And the judge goes along with this? Don't we have trespassers from January 6th who trespassed into the House and into the Senate? who received no bail. By the way, they didn't cause any damage. They didn't kill people. They didn't attack people. They were peaceful. They were not where they should have been. They didn't belong there. They trespassed. They're still in jail, no bail. One of them just got sentenced to three and a half years, which is absurd. Talk about having a lousy attorney, and there's no question. The Democrat bias on the Washington in the Washington, D.C. court system is... Overwhelming. Three and a half years for trespassing? I'm sorry. That judge should be disbarred. That's obscene when El Chapo's wife, who is involved with the cartel and the uh, the export of umpteen millions of dollars, hundreds of millions of dollars of, of coke and fentanyl and heroin across the border, she's given three years this week? you got to be kidding me. This justice system under the Biden dictatorship, it is no longer a regime, my friends. It is a dictatorship. Everything they're trying to do, I love when the Democrats say, oh, we have to protect our democracy. Bullshit. They're not protecting anything. They're the ones that are destroying democracy. But if you keep pointing your finger at Trump and the Republicans, you know what happens. Half of this country is stupid, not us alphas. But you look around every day. You can pick out the betas a mile away. They are stupid. They are dumb lemmings. Now, those of us that are intelligent, that are alphas, we can think for ourselves. The betas can't. They're dumb lemmings. They're blind lemmings. They'll follow. They'll go wherever they're told. They will listen to whatever lie is being spewed to them. So what's the lie? Oh, we have to protect our democracy. This is a threat to democracy. If we don't pass this $3 trillion human infrastructure bill, which is nothing more than a welfare bill and allowing illegal aliens to come in, get citizenship and vote, then it's a threat to democracy. This is the big lie. The only threat to democracy is from the Biden dictatorship, the ultra-radical, ultra-leftist, Marxist-socialist dictatorship. So we see judges not giving bail to a trespasser didn't harm anyone, didn't destroy anything, no bail. And yet, a violent felon, Daryl Brooks Jr., gets a $1,000 bail for trying to kill the, I don't know if his ex-girlfriend or whatever, but the mother of his child. He's the baby daddy. And then, after his heinous act, of deliberately driving through a Christmas parade and killing children and senior citizens and injuring 35-plus people. You look at BSDNC and CNN, and what's the headline? Red SUV drives through parade. Red SUV? Who was driving that? 
oh, now we know why the Libstream Media, the New York Slime, the Washington Compost, and all the other Lib publications, why didn't they mention who was driving it? Because it doesn't meet their narrative. He was black, Daryl Brooks Jr. Black felon, 50-page rap sheet, kills six people, allegedly kills six people. We've got the video to show he killed six people. The judge gives him a $5 million bail. And then the ultra-libs start going on GoFundMe trying to raise money for the bail. And don't you think for a second that the libs wouldn't have coughed up the $5 million until GoFundMe got such flack they said, we're killing this page. Why on earth would the judge give a felon, now a murderer, alleged murderer, we see the tape, we see he was driving, why would he even bother offering bail? These are the questions that must be asked. Because had George Soros or some other lib said, fine, I'll cough up the five million, this guy would have been walking around free. It is unconscionable. It is obscene. It is absurd. Daryl Brooks Jr., from his social media, anti-Trump, anti-Semitic, anti-America, black supremacist. How many times have we heard white supremacist? Look, if somebody's a white supremacist, legitimately, fine. I have no problem with the media calling it out. When we've seen attacks down in South Carolina and the guy had white supremacist, the kid had white supremacist uh, uh, leanings, great, he's a white supremacist. But let's call a black supremacist by name if the shoe fits. Anti-Trump, anti-Semitic, anti-America. I saw some of his social media postings and videos. Daryl Brooks Jr. is an absolute black supremacist. But yet, BSNBC, or BSDNC, CNN, Washington Compost, New York Slime, every other liberal paper and outlet in the country, had that person, Mr. Brooks, been white, you would have heard a white man, a white supremacist, incessantly. Every headline would have read, white supremacist murders six people at a Christmas parade in Wisconsin. But yet we hear nothing. The story disappears. Another child just died, apparently, uh, I think in the last several days. Libstream media conveniently bury it. Nowhere to be found. They have zero legitimacy. They have zero credibility. They have become an absolute farcical group of leftists, period. Forget when you hear, oh, I'm a journalist and I have to be impartial. They're not impartial. Do you know when CNN lost their way? I used to love CNN. I remember I was at a press conference. I was in high school at the time. And I was working at a TV station. Um, as an intern and part-time photographer, video editor. And I remember when Ted Turner launched CNN. He was announcing the launch of CNN, and he did a big tour across the country. And he came to Buffalo because one of the big cable operators there actually invested in it. And it was a decent market, so he was there. It was at a, a hotel right near the airport, and I remember Ted Turner talking like this: "Ah, uh, ah, uh, look, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, ah, uh, uh, launch this this new network, and ah, uh, ah, uh, uh, and I'll never forget. He had he had a blue blazer on. He had a tie that had like the little, like marine anchors because he was the captain of America's Cup. And I remember watching this guy, and everyone's like, "What? He's gonna do a 24-hour news network? There's not enough news." They were based in Atlanta. And they did a great job. I remember watching CNN. I remember the early anchors. And I remember the show's Crossfire every night, which had a liberal and a conservative. Great show. Compelling. Lou Dobbs did Moneyline. I think it was at 6 or 7 p.m. And then I remember when Larry King was hired. 9 o'clock. Larry King, coast to coast. Hello, Wichita. You're up. Big show. Now... They covered the news legit. There wasn't a lot of bias. You didn't see the blatant lying and blatant bias that you see today on the crap news network. Now, where did CNN go wrong? I'll tell you. 
CNN was based in Atlanta. That was their headquarters. They had bureaus in Washington and New York and around the world, but they were based in Atlanta, Georgia. They weren't in some bastion of some liberal bubble like in New York and D.C. They were in really America's heartland when you think about it. They were in Atlanta, Georgia. And something happened when CNN, when, when Time Warner basically took over because at the time Ted Turner was getting into some fiscal issues and they injected a big amount of money and then they came in and bought all of Turner Broadcasting, CNN, Cartoon Network, uh, Turner Classic Movies. I remember CNN headline news. Sergeant Steve, do you remember Lynn Russell uh, in the evenings? It was, uh, give us 22 minutes, we'll give you the world. Oh, no, around the world every 22 minutes, this is CNN headline news. Do you remember her? Lynn Russell. I do. In 22 minutes, it was also used on 1010 wins. In the That's correct. But they said, give us 22 minutes, we'll give you the give world. The world. Yep. Right. CNN headline news is around the world every 20, no, around the world every 30 minutes, this is CNN headline news. Yep. And I used to love watching because I'd come back like late at night or whatever, you know, I was in college, and I'm like, hey, I wonder what's going on in the world. And you turn it on for 15 minutes, and you knew what was going on. And then they started screwing it up. Then they called it CNN, HN, and then they moved to New York. Because Atlanta, Georgia wasn't big enough for the Time Warner executives. They wanted it in their own backyard. They wanted it in their liberal bastion. So what happened? All the CNN programming moves to New York and to Washington. Atlanta was left in the dust. They still have some operations down there. I don't know what it is. But when they were in Atlanta, they were a different operation. They were news. You watched it, you were going to get a fair shake. And again, crossfire at 6 or 7 o'clock. They had a liberal, they had a conservative, they had great debate. It was a great show. You move to New York, and all of a sudden you're in a liberal echo chamber. And who do they hire? They hire all the liberals from ABC and NBC and CBS. And then they bring Jeff Fucker on. Little Jeff Zucker. We call him Jeff Fucker. They bring in Zuck, who was at NBC Today Show many years, then was an executive at NBC, and they bring him in, and what does he do? He absolutely poisons and pollutes CNN. He brings in Frito Cuomo. By the way, El Frito is El Finishdo. Bye-bye. Two Cuomo boys, done. Boo-hoo. He brings Don Lulu Lemon, another nutcase. Wolf Blitzer, who has always had left liberal leanings. You look at the morning show talent they brought in. They are, first of all, they're stupid. Brianna Keeler could, and Don Lemon, by far, the, and, and what's his name, uh, the, the uh, media guy, Brian Stelter, the three dumbest people in media today, by far. They destroy a legit network. Well, lo and behold... After sinking to dead last place with no shows making like the top 50 in cable every week, AT&T, which purchased Time Warner, says, we're getting out of this business. We paid way too much. We're going to sell it and get out way less than what we bought it for. And so now you have the Discovery Networks that are buying it along with Liberty Media. John Malone, known entrepreneur, executive in the cable business, owns umpteen networks or funds umpteen networks. They're big, very, very big. He came out this week, or last week maybe, and said the problem with CNN, it strayed from its mission of providing news. He's right. You look at Cuomo and Lemon and Stelter and all the other clowns that are on Jake Snapper. Jake Snapper Tapper. You look at all those on-air talent, or lack of talent, I should say, and they're all ultra-leftists. And now John Malone has said, let's go back and take a look at what worked. Geez, when CNN did news and they were based in Atlanta, it worked. Jeff Zucker is going to be gone. Bye-bye. You will see all the leftists at CNN as their contracts end. They will be sayonara. Chris Cuomo dug his own grave. He ain't coming back. And if you think putting Jim Acosta in at 9 o'clock or 10 o'clock, I think it's 9 o'clock when Chris Cuomo was on, is going to help, forget it. If I was David Zaslow, the CEO of Discovery, and John Malone, the CEO of Liberty Media Group, first thing I would do is move 
their operations back to Atlanta. Build studios, get good talent, get legit talent, base them in Atlanta, get out of the liberal biased bubbles in New York and Washington and L.A. Go back to what worked for CNN. Get rid of these clowns. But when you look at how they covered the Waukesha terrorist murders of six innocent people and the injuries to 35-plus, not once did they mention that he was black, that he was a black supremacist. The bias is out of control. Because had it been a white, and listen, I play it level. If the guy was a white supremacist that did that, I'd say call him what he is, white supremacist. If he was a Muslim terrorist, a jihadist, I would say call him what he is. Black terrorist, call him what he is. But they won't do that because it doesn't fit their narrative, doesn't fit their story. And remember, what do they do? They shape the news. They shape the stories. And they go after Fox News. Why? Oh, Fox News is the big bad wolf. Fox News is number one. Why is that? Is that an accident? Is that coincidental? It's because people in this country are fed up with the ultra-liberal slant. I mean, it's not even close. You combine the ratings of CNN and BSDNC, and in many cases, they don't even come close to the Fox News shows. And there's no question, Fox has some ultra-liberals. Perfect example, Chris Wallace, ultra-lib. No ifs, no ands, no buts. He is an absolute Democrat. Okay, fine. Doesn't mean I have to agree with him. But Fox has enough people where you do get the balance. Are they slanted to the right? Absolutely. There's no problem with a network. If CNN says, hey, we're going to be slanted a little bit to the left. But when it is blatant bias in reporting legitimate news, that's the problem. And people vote with their eyeballs. They're not watching CNN. They're not watching BSDNC. They're watching Fox. It tells you all you need to know. So what we saw in Waukesha was an absolute disgrace. And then the DA, who's a George Soros-funded candidate, says, yeah, we we shouldn't have offered $1,000. We'll have to review that. You think? Shouldn't the judge look at this and say, wait a minute. This guy tries to run over the mother of his child. He's got a rap sheet 50 pages long felony convictions all over the place, and you're asking for $1,000 bail? I don't think so. Tell you what, we're going to put the bail. You try to kill someone, either no bail, or we're going to give you a million dollars bail. But 1000 bucks to let him walk? And why do you think we have all these issues going on in New York, San Francisco, L.A., Philadelphia, all the rampant crime? No bail. You get arrested, you get released. It's a huge problem. And I believe this is just another nail in the Democrat coffin because Americans are fed up. They're fed up with what's going on in the border. They are fed up with what's going on crime-wise across this country. They are fed up with just the anti-Americanism that's going on. They are fed up with the critical race theory that's being taught. And they're fed up with massive, rampant inflation. And when I return... We'll talk about Jerome Powell, the Fed chairman, who said that inflation is transitory. I haven't been saying that. I've been telling you inflation is here to stay. Gee, I guess we'll find out who was right as we continue on Bold Alpha. Avo Cigars has just launched the newest addition to the Avo Synchro series entitled the Avo Synchro Caribe. Fourth line in the Avo Synchro series It is centered around the concept of tobacco synchronization. They incorporate the diversity, complexity, and compatibility of cigar tobaccos from the Caribbean and Central America to create a natural harmony, a Caribbean soul, a very dynamic cigar. It uses natural distribution. What does that mean? The proportions of the cigar tobaccos on any given plant perfectly matched in the blending process. So what you get is a Dominican wrapper. You get filler tobaccos from Nicaragua 
a binder from Ecuador that are matched absolutely perfectly. The taste, a lively, dynamic, harmonious flavor profile of Caribbean flavors, aromatic spices, some complex cocoa, a beautiful medium-bodied cigar with subtle sweetness resembling tropical fruits. The flavors, rhythm, and lifestyle of the tropics are encapsulated in the new Avo Synchro Caribe, available now at your cigar retailer or DavidoffGeneva.com. For the last six months, I have been telling you that inflation is rampant, that we are entering a period of stagflation, stagnant economy with massive inflation, the two worst possible scenarios, and the only way out is to raise interest rates massively, which will then get us into a recession in which inflation will be re will have receded, and then we can get back to normal. And you look at every single item. I just saw a story today. Coffee, 10-year high. Now, it's not just the fact that there are supply chain issues and other items, bad weather, labor issues, compilation of things. Coffee, 10-year high. Go to the gas station. Fill up. You're talking 70 80% more to fill up this year than last year. Food, go to the supermarket. And I've been saying all along, this isn't 3 4 5 6%. That is the government and that is the Fed that are massaging the numbers. Oh, well, we don't count fuel and we don't count food because that's not in core inflation. Baloney. The two most expensive items aside from housing, food and fuel. But yet all along we heard Janet Yellen, the Secretary of the Treasury, another dimwad, and Jerome Powell, the Fed chair, who has been angling to get renominated because word was that Biden was maybe looking at a more liberal, more leftist new Fed chairman. So he didn't raise interest rates. As inflation over the last six months has gone rampant, he sat back and at every single hearing he said, well, we believe that inflation is transitory, meaning it's not here for a long time. That we see their target is 2%, but our, we see this, this short-term increase to 5 6%, very short-term. It's transitory. Nobody ever heard of the word transitory when describing inflation. These are these economists and the members of the Fed that lie, that bullshit. The Fed makes Bernie Madoff looks like a, look like a saint. They make Madoff, who is an absolute crook, a fraudster, look like a saint. Because if you don't think the Fed has been manipulating the economy with pumping massive amounts of money, which causes inflation, which causes a run on houses, ultra-low interest rates, unreasonably low interest rates for housing, which then allows giant Wall Street investment firms to go out and borrow money because the Fed discount rate now is almost 0%, so they can borrow money at 1.5% while you get a home loan for 2.75 or 3. They go out for 1.5%, raise billions, and they start buying the housing inventory. So if you're a first-time homeowner, you are screwed. You are shafted. If you are Gen Z, you will be nothing but a Russian serf. You will own nothing. Zero. Because all these Wall Street firms are coming up and snapping everything up. You want to know how to cool the markets? How to, how to cool and tame this unreasonable housing market right now? Where rents are going up unbelievably. I mean, I'm talking, we're talking rents that are going up in some cases 50, 60, 70% in a year. Housing prices up 30, 50%. Why? Well, yeah, sure, the pandemic, people wanted to move from the north to the south, move to where they wanted to go. But it's not just that. It's these unrealistic, cheap interest rates. They are throwing money. They're keeping interest rates down on purpose. So what has happened? We've got massive inflation. Jerome Powell testified earlier this week. Senator Toomey, who is uh, retiring, not going to run for election from Pennsylvania, Dr. Mehmet Oz, or Mehmet Oz uh, announced that he was going to run, but listen to the questioning. Senator Toomey to Jerome Powell, the chair of the Fed, specifically talking about inflation and what Powell has to say about the term transitory inflation. 
how long does inflation have to run above your target before the Fed decides maybe it's not so transitory? Well, um, first of all, the, the, the test that we've articulated, I think, clearly has been met now. Uh, you know, you're absolutely right. Inflation has run well above 2% for long enough that uh, if you look back a few years, inflation averages 2%. So I think, I think we can say that that, that is taken. It was not the case going into this episode. It had been many years since we had inflation at 2%. Um, so I think the word transitory has different meanings to different people. To, to many, it carries a time, a sense of, uh, of short-lived. We, we tend to, 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 to ha use it to mean that, that it won't leave a permanent mark uh, in, the, in the form of higher inflation. I think it's, it's probably a good time to retire that, that uh, word and try to explain more clearly what we mean. You think time to retire the term transitory inflation that you caused, Powell, and the rest of the Fed? Did you hear him hem and haw and, whoa, 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 we think, and it, it, it means different things? No, it doesn't. They lied. They knew inflation wasn't transitory. They knew they caused the inflation. Remember, the Fed's target every year is to keep inflation at less than 2%. They have a mandate. Full employment, inflation less than 2%. But what have they done in the past year? They have flooded the markets with money, cheap money. Stock market's gone up, up, up. Why? People can't get any yield. If you're a saver, you get 0% on your money in a bank. You work so hard for so many years, you save money, and you get screwed. Who are the guys that are really cleaning up? The big Wall Street guys. They have massive amounts of money, billions. And remember, they'll go and borrow money for 1.5%. They'll put it in the stock market and get 10 20 30% returns. That's exactly what's happening. They'll borrow that money at 1.5%, and they'll go buy houses. They don't care if the, the prices go up because the money is free for them. This country is screwed. If they, the Fed does not increase interest rates starting pronto, he's talking, well, maybe in March, maybe in April. Let me tell you, too late. Mark my words, it is Wednesday, December 1st, 2021. If they wait until March, too late. Inflation will spike, and they will have to raise interest rates massively. We will then get into a recession. Mark my words. And the Democrats don't want that. Biden doesn't want that because he got the midterm elections. Too late. Republicans are going to slaughter, literally slaughter, the Democrats in the November midterm elections. I predicted early on maybe 40 seats would go from the House, from the uh, Democrats to the Republicans. I'm now predicting between 70 and 90. I'll take 75 seats. We'll see what happens a year from now. Inflation is transient. He was lying from the get-go. And who gets shafted? You and me and all the other American consumers. And Biden has, to, has the nerve to say, well, but people are making more money. They can afford it. I'm sorry. Inflation is a hidden tax on the lower class and the middle class. The upper class, no problem. They can easily absorb it. But the middle class and lower class and the working class, they are getting screwed. The entire Fed ought to be thrown in jail for conspiracy for fraud, they're running a Ponzi scheme. Again, they make Bernie Madoff look like an absolute saint. Gurkha is known for creating the world's finest cigars. And to celebrate the 30th anniversary of the Gurkha brand being launched in the United States, the blenders at Gurkha created the Gurkha Trenta. Celebrating and commemorating 30 years of cigar excellence, the Gurkha Trenta, everything you would expect from a Gurkha. Exquisite construction, exquisite flavor, exquisite pleasure. A nice medium, medium full-bodied cigar featuring an Ecuadorian Habano wrapper. A Nicaraguan Corojo 99 binder and the filler, Nicaraguan Corojo 99, Nicaraguan Criollo 98, created by the great blenders and growers at Aganorsa Farms in Nicaragua. And what you get is a signature cigar that has unique flavors, perfect spice, perfect amount of complexity on the palate, a cigar worthy of Gurkha's 30 years being available in the United States. Try the Gurkha Trenta today. You will enjoy the experience the overall characteristic that goes into blending this magnificent cigar
a beautiful Nicaraguan Puro worthy of being called Gurkha Trenta. Finally, let's talk about the college football coaching carousel. I have no problem with any person, no matter what their profession, that says, look, I want a new challenge, or I want to go somewhere and make more money, or I need a new change of scenery. There's nothing wrong with that. But there's a right way and a wrong way to leave. There's a way where you leave and you do it in a matter of integrity, and then there's a way that you burn bridges and leave a sour taste in people's mouth. I was always taught from the time I was a young kid, look, no matter what job you have, no matter what the situation, if you hate the job you have and you want to move, you don't just go in and say, screw you, I quit right now. You always do it with class and integrity. You walk in, you say, thank you for the opportunity. I've got another opportunity, so I'm giving you my notice, and I'm happy to stay the two weeks for a transition. And sometimes they'll say, well, we're sorry to see you go. Other times they're like, well, okay, good luck, and you can leave now. Fine, no problem. But you never burn a bridge. I can tell you that I have never burned a bridge, no matter where I have worked, whether I was a, an unpaid intern or in my career, professional career, I have never once burned a bridge. I can always go back to whomever that I work for and, number one, request a letter of recommendation, and they will write it, no problem. And they will never say, geez, Dave left and really screwed us, left us in a lurch, had no integrity, you know, texted us or, or just sent us a, a non-personal email. I always believe you go in face-to-face. And the current generation, they go in, they'll just send a text or an email, I quit. That's not how you do it. Now, we always hear about these college football coaches preaching about integrity, about the importance of team and teamwork, that we're all in this together. These coaches are lying sacks of shit. The first thing that every recruit must remember when a coach comes in, and the, the days of a Bobby Bowden, they're over. Bobby Bowden had tremendous class and integrity, I assure you. I know so. When Bobby Bowden left West Virginia for Florida State, he purposely said after he took the job, before it was announced, he went up personally to talk to his players and let them know before it was released to anyone else. And, in fact, many of those players that were on his West Virginia team, believe it or not, were at his funeral earlier this summer. Tremendous integrity. But today, I don't care who the coach is. Lincoln Riley at formerly of Oklahoma, now at USC, Brian Kelly, Notre Dame, now at LSU, you name it. They have no integrity. If they go into a recruit's house and say, we, you're number one, we want this, I'm going to be here, always assume everything they're telling you is a lie. And thankfully, we now have a portal where players can say, wait a minute, why is it that I can't go anywhere but the coaches can leave on a dime? Well, now we've got more of a level playing field. So Lincoln Riley, who's spewing the bullshit that it happened so quick, like on a Saturday night and Sunday I was going out to L.A., you don't negotiate a $100 million or $50 million contract over four or five hours. Your agent's been working on that for weeks. So he leaves Oklahoma, Norman, Oklahoma, to go to USC. I have no problem. Wants to change the scenery. He's been there five years. But he had coaches that were out recruiting. They weren't even aware. He was supposed to do a coach's show. Every week he does a coach's show. And the longtime host tweeted out earlier this week, that he was told, I think it was on Sunday, that Lincoln Riley would be late by an hour to record his show. Okay, he waits an hour. Then he was told it's probably going to be four to five hours until Lincoln Riley shows up to record the show. So he sticks around. Well, after five hours, he's ghosted. Nobody calls. Nobody says anything. Doesn't show up. That is not a classy move. That is not a move of a man with integrity. Brian Kelly. Notre Dame, everywhere he's left, from the time he was in Division II, the time he was at Central Michigan, to Cincinnati, to Notre Dame, he has always left without properly informing players, with blatantly lying to players and staff. Well, he left Notre Dame in a lurch again. His coaches were out recruiting, and all of a sudden they're told, rumors are they hear media reports, Kelly's leaving for LSU, big job. Again, he's been at Notre Dame, 12 years. No problem if he wants to change his scenery, get more money. That's no problem. But do it in a manner of integrity. Tell LSU, listen, I'm not taking this job because I've got a chance to coach my players 
in a national championship, possibly, or in a high-level bowl. I will take the job, but I'm going to coach my players. Didn't do that. Didn't really care. He bolted, and then when word gets out, he texts from late night, earlier this week, from Baton Rouge, a one-paragraph text to his players saying, I didn't want you to find out this way. It's already been reported in the media, but I love you all. Know that you are, uh, you are all great. You are all wonderful, and I'm coming back tonight, and tomorrow morning at 7 a.m., I'll explain everything, and I want to talk to the team, but know that you are so appreciated. Bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. So appreciated that the meeting lasts 11 minutes, 7 a.m. Now, if I were a player, I'd say, screw you. I'm not getting up at 6.30 a.m. to listen to your bullshit. You're leaving? Bye. Good luck. No integrity. There's a right way and there's a wrong way. And it just doesn't transcend coaching. It's in every aspect. We are living in an era today where the lack of integrity, the lack of character, the lack of class is overwhelming. You or I would have never left a job and left an employer high and dry. We would do it the right way. You look at someone in the eye, you go into their office, I appreciate the opportunity, I've got a better opportunity, I'm making more money, whatever the case is, but thank you very much. Shake their hand and say, I'm happy to help in any way, shape, or form. Now today, many companies say, nope, that's okay, you can leave now. I know other companies that say, hey, we'll take the two weeks, fine. But for these coaches, and you can't tell me, oh, well, it just happened so quick. These are coaches that are making five, ten plus million dollars a year. Maybe they ought to spend a thousand bucks of that to attend an integrity course. Integrity, honesty, class 101. Maybe universities should start teaching that. Because until they do, we will continue to see a lack of class and integrity permeate not only college football, but the entire business world and every facet of life. I still get a kick out of these guys. Which team? You got to give for the team. This is all about teamwork here on our on our Notre Dame team or our or Oklahoma or whatever the school is. This is about teamwork. They love to preach it, but they never live it. Bobby Bowden being the exception. Met Bobby Bowden, the man exuded class all the way around. All right, as always, make sure that you subscribe to the Bold Alpha Podcast and our brother, Cigar Dave Show Podcast, which drops every Saturday, where we talk cigars, spirits, the good life, and Bold Alpha. We take on, of course, political incorrectness, politics, whatever happens to just come across my big glass desk. We hit it. So make sure you subscribe. Make sure you follow us on social media, Twitter, at Cigar Dave Show. Facebook, Cigar Dave, Instagram, Cigar Dave, email Cigar Dave at CigarDave.com. Cigar Dave and Alpha Dave, your global five-star general, Alpha Male in Chief, saying, screw the enemies of pleasure, live it up. Live it up.